Good morning. How are, how's everybody doing today? So honored to be back. Uh, it's been a few years that I've been here and my wife Peggy. And uh, y'all have a great pastor. He, he is a man whom I highly respect. And I, I'm just thankful that he would allow me to speak behind his pulpit today. And so I, I give God praise for that. Amen. But I'm thankful today because I have an opportunity to share with with you. Uh, uh, many of you have have sacrificed some time to bake some cookies for uh, the ministry that I'm a part of. And so uh, I want to share a little bit about uh, what that ministry is all about. And uh, I bring greetings from the brothers behind the wall at R.J. Donovan State Prison. Uh, they wanted to all be here with me today, but uh, Warden wouldn't go for it. <laughs> so I tried. But I have to tell you, these, these men have, have become such a, a part of my life. I, they're like sons and grandsons to me. Uh, what God is doing in the prisons would, would, would radically uh, rearrange your gray matter. I'm going to tell you right up front. Well, what God is doing behind the wall is so radical. Uh, most of us on the outside, we have no clue. We find ourselves in a comfortable little bubble and we stay well confined within that area. And God is doing amazing things uh, in a place where we would least expect it. And so I, I'm here today to just share uh, some things with you and and I will be introducing uh, my brother Oscar uh, towards the end but but I want to recognize uh, we have some people here that that go in with us to Donovan on a regular basis and I want you guys to stand up you volunteers that are here this morning thank you and, and, and if you want to, uh, to hear anything about what God is doing at Donovan, uh, just grab one of those uh, people on the way out. And, uh, and it is truly amazing. I'm thankful for a wife who supports this ministry. Uh, it was a time when she wasn't too excited about it. Let me put it that way. You understand what I'm saying? I was spending a lot of time there, right? And finally it got to the point where she just basically said, why don't you just get a room? <laughs> right? And I, you know, I, I believe me, I have a love for prison ministry, but it doesn't quite go that far. <laughs> but I, I'm thankful today uh, to stand before you, and I'm humbled by what God is doing, what he's allowed me to, to, to be a part of. It is all God. It's 100%. I am, as my, my, uh, my brother Bill Brown would say, I am from the holy order of the inadequate. <laughs> That's who I am. I am so lacking. I am so insufficient in what God is doing in that place. Uh, so when I, when I can show up, and that's all he said, just show up. It's a ministry of presence. You just show up. Be willing to just step out of your, your comfort zone and just show up. And God says, and then put on your seatbelt. 
because we're going for a ride. And I tell you what, man, it, it, it has been a journey for me that, that I, I can only, uh, I, I never would have imagined. I never would have expected that God was going to use me in, in this way before. I want to open up in prayer, and then I want to look at, at the scripture, and then we're just going to kind of go from there. Father, we just thank you today. We are so grateful for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, as we sing these songs of worship, God, I'm just reminded that it's all about the wondrous cross. I'm so thankful for the blood that has washed away all of my sins, Lord. Thank you. Oh, I'm so grateful, Father. And today, Lord, as we come uh, in this place, I, I want to just pray uh, once again for, for Pastor Gunner and his family and those that are there. God, that you would just enrich their time and just just uh, uh, bring a, a unity in, in that little fellowship that that will come back here and, and just share and, and just run over, Lord, on, on the rest of the people. I pray for their safe travels back home when, when that time is, is ready to, to return. Lord, I, I just pray for today. I, I pray that your word would speak to us today. Father, that, that's why we've come. We are hungry, Lord, for your word. It, it is the only thing that will sustain us. It is the only thing that will transform us. From glory to glory. Lord we desire to do your will Lord. And so speak today Lord. Let, let your holy word do exactly what you needed to do today in our hearts Father. And, and just bless our time. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to, uh, to John chapter 4. That, that would be big John, as we say in prison. Big John. It's a story that we're just going to look at a part of it, but but it's where uh, we read about uh, one of these uh, divine appointments by Jesus. Oh, I love divine appointments. I, I love when I get up in the morning and I say, Lord, today, man, I, I, I'm, I, I'm that living sacrifice. Lord, whatever you want to do in my life today. Yeah, I got my agenda and I got my schedule and my calendar is here and I got to be here and I got to talk to this person. But Lord, man, if you want to slide in a couple of divine appointments, I'm ready. This is what we have here. Jesus could have gone another route, but he says, no, I need to go to Samaria. Why? Because there was a, a lady he was going to have a, 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 some contact with. Amen. And that's what happened. God, God wants to use us, me and you, for divine appointments. Our life is more than just what we do every day. No, there's, there's, there's an adventure waiting for each of us. The Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 10, that, that, that he talks about uh, these divine appointments, that they've already been set up. 
beforehand. And all we got to do is walk in them. But first, we got we to gotta have discernment. We got to say, Lord, uh, you know, don't let me miss something today. If you got, you know, if you got somebody for me to talk to or somebody for me to engage with, then I, I, I need to be sensitive to, to the Holy Spirit. Well, here's a story. So he's going, he said, I got an appointment with a gal by the well. And we're just going to pick up just a few verses on that. And so if you look with me, uh, uh, again, John chapter 4, verse 19. She says, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. She says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain here, Mount Gerizim. But you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. I mean, she's a little confused about geography here. And in and, and verse 21, Jesus meant to, to, to bring things into, into clear focus. He says, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, not on this mountain, not even in Jerusalem. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, yet, he says, a time is coming and now has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. He says, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. I believe what Christ was saying here, you know what, it, it's not about that mountain, it's not about that mountain, it's not about necessarily this church or that church. No, it's a matter of our heart. Do you have a heart of worship today? When it's time to worship, are you standing and just worshiping? Or are you just kind of texting or doing something else? No worship. True worshipers. It's time to worship. I'm going to church today. It's time to worship. I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean to be this offensive in any way but if you want to see worship go with me to the prison you will see worship like you've probably never seen it before you you will see men who who are on their feet and who are standing up uh, dancing in the aisles giving praise to the living god and it's like, wow. And, and, and this scripture says, you know, it's not about that mountain. It's not about that mountain. It's about your heart. Are you a true worshiper? That's what God is seeking. He's seeking those that are, that are willing to say, yes, Lord, I've come into your house today. And I just can't wait to worship you. Oh, that's why I love going into prison, man. Those brothers fire me up, man. It's so amazing 
what God is doing in a place where you would least expect it. There's a huge misconception in the churches across America. When it comes to worship, they think, well, you gotta, you gotta be in this place and you gotta do it this way. You know what? No, you just gotta go where people have a heart for God. Whether it's meeting in a garage or, or some uh, field uh, out in, in, in the middle of the country, it doesn't matter because it's an attitude of a heart and, and, and that's why this prison environment It's so radical because these men understand what grace is all about. That there's something to be said when God has has pulled you out of the darkest of dark. See, most of us on the outside, we would say, well, I'm not that bad. Now, these brothers here, we're talking bad, done some stuff. And when Christ illuminates their heart, it's like, wow, God, you're real, man. Jesus, this is real. This is real stuff here. I don't know what happened to us on the outside. Like a social club. Come and do our thing, pay our little time, and then it's all done. No, God wants to, he wants to, to set his church on fire. And I'm telling you, the revival is starting behind the wall. It, it's, it's, it's happening in, in ways that you cannot imagine. In places where you least expect it. And that's why I get so excited. If I seem excited, well, it's because I am. You know, there's a saying going on, and it's, I, I didn't make it up. They say, if you meet Roger, you're going to end up in prison. <laughs> As a volunteer. Because it's just, it's amazing. Our lives are, we find ourselves just in this routine And the Lord says, no, there's more to it than this. Prison ministry is just one of many ministries. I never thought I would be in the position, a pastor in a prison. It's like, Lord, are you kidding me? I mean, I was in, doing my thing, a chiropractor in, in, down in, in San Diego and, and had a practice and, and all this and that. And, and the Lord says, yeah, I need you in prison. I said, man, you got the wrong brother. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a felon, Lord. I, man, I got a couple of parking tickets, but I said, I can't relate to those guys. But yet my heart was delighting after him. I says, Lord, I just want to, I just want to love you. I just want to serve you, Lord. I had no idea that prison ministry was where he was going to finally take me. I might have said, you know what? Maybe another time. 
But God began to just reveal to me his love and his grace and his mercy. His, his word became alive to me. And he convinced me, he says, Rod, he says, man, stuff's going on in that prison. He says, you're just the man for the job. And I'm saying, Lord, you, you don't understand. I'm not, I don't come from that kind of a background. He says, you're just the man for the job. And so back in the year 2000, God set me up. And I ended up going into Donovan Prison with another volunteer, and we accompanied a pastor. And he says, just come in one time, man. Just come in and check it out. I'm going to do a Bible study. You don't have to say nothing. Just sit over on the side. And I said, all right. And so we went and we, he did his study and there was about a half a dozen inmates and, you know, I'm just looking around, man, and the guys are just tatted up and, and just kind of mean looking. And I'm thinking, Lord, and I said, man, got to be going pretty soon here. <laughs> and so we, we finally leave and, and we're walking and, and, and we get past the gate and we're walking across the parking lot and and the pastor turns and he says oh by the way i forgot to tell you he said this is your ministry now i said what i said what does that mean he said yeah every tuesday at 12 o'clock you do a bible study and i'm thinking lord you set me up man that was 13 almost 13 years ago God used that little Bible study to ignite a fire in my heart that I wouldn't quench, man, for all the money in the world. God has, you know what he's done in that ministry? He has changed me. More than than I can impact those men, those men have impacted me. The man that I am today are because of those brothers in blue and what God is doing through them. I, I look at these guys and I'm thinking, wait a minute. How long you been in here? When you getting out? Life without parole? And have a love and a joy and an enthusiasm for God that, that, that mine would pale in comparison. I'm thinking, Lord, am, am I missing something here? God began to turn up the fire, man. He began to just remove all of the dross and all of the stuff that was just weighing me down. And he says, Brodge, he said, we're ready to run this race, man. And it's, it's been an, an incredible journey. Man, I, I love prison ministry. I, I love what God is doing And of all the places in the whole world, he would take me into a state prison. In a place where I never would have expected for him to show up. Man, he was there before I even got there. He says, Raj, I've been waiting on you, man. And look, here's your church family. And now every Sunday we do three services. We got a worship team of about seven inmates. And man, I'm telling you what, you can hear the music and the singing all the way across the yard. Every single time a new volunteer comes, 
I'm walking them out the prison after it's all said and done. And I say, what did you think? They say, I am dumbfounded. I am absolutely speechless. I, 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 I can't even... It's going to take me a couple of weeks to process what I just saw in that chapel. The power of God unleashed like, like, it's like, it's like surreal. That's what God is doing on the inside. It's radical. Am I, am I telling the truth? 100%. 100%. You know, some of you watch lockup, right? And you see all of this this stuff in uh, cell extractions and, and guys getting beat over the head and, and handcuffed and shackled. And, and that's real, but, but they don't show you the chapel. They, they don't show you the men who are, who are standing at their feet, uh, packed in a room and, and just worshiping God and, and just weeping before his holiness. They don't show you that. That's, that's the reality of what's going on inside the prison. In my almost 13 years of volunteering, because I'm a volunteer, I don't get paid by the state to do this. I left my practice in 07, and I says, Lord, if I walk away from this practice, you're going to have to provide. I don't know how you're going to do it. But God has, has raised people up. He's touched their hearts. And he says, I want you to support this brother. And there's some in this church. Every month we get a check. I am so grateful for that. Because I couldn't do it without your support. Praise God. Yeah, it is the devil's playground, all right. And there is a lot of violence. And there's a lot of things that go on there. Things that I couldn't even... I couldn't even utter over this pulpit. But one thing that I've learned in, in almost 13 years is when you look at these guys and they're all tatted up and they got scars, scars across their head. One guy on one of the yards, uh, his whole part of his, his jaw and face is gone because of a shotgun blast to the face. And, and you look at all of this stuff. And, and yet what I've seen, what God has allowed me to see is that inside this exterior are, are little boys that never had a chance to be little kids. They were thrown out into society, into the gangs when they were 10, 9, 11 years old because of the fathers in prison and the mothers on crack. And so that's all they knew. It's just a matter of survival. So they get they get involved in the in the drugs and and before you know it they're they're committing crimes just to just to 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 to, to support this habit and, and and all that they're doing for the drugs is just to try to deal with the pain in their lives. And so now they're in prison. They're wearing blue. They're locked up. Nobody cares for them. Who's going in there? I don't know about you, man, but my Bible says that, that there was a man who had a hundred sheep. And all 99 were, were nice and safe. They, they had just a nice food to eat and all that water and everything was great. They were 
safe. But there was one lost sheep. Jesus says, that, that lost sheep, he's over in Donovan. But will, will somebody go minister to him? Yeah, Lord, I'll go. That's what this gospel is all about, people. I, I don't know what we're doing. We just want to be comfortable. Oh, don't inconvenience me. I got stuff going on in my life. But God is raising up an army and he's deporting his troops to go behind the wall, so to speak. And these men, they're, they're just tough, but inside they're like kids just wanting to be loved. Just wanting to be understood, just, just to have somebody care for them. And all the time in the chapel, and I'll see the brothers, and I'm always putting my arm around them. I say, George, man, man, I love you, brother. I am so proud of you, man. I see God changing you, man, in these last few months. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. Man, they just light up, man. It's like I never heard that before, Pastor. I never had a dad that told me, I'm proud of you, son. Nobody's ever told me I love you. That that's what this ministry is all about. It's, 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 it's not about a lot of theology. It's just sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice your time? And go. That's what it's about. I don't care if you have a degree in, in, in theology. Do you got a pulse? Do you have a temperature around 98.6? Then you're qualified. all it takes so many and they respond to this love man they respond to it because they've never they've never experienced that before it's different it's it's like man i'm not sure so some guys you know they they they, they just kind of freak out when you start loving on them because they're they're uncomfortable with it and so you may not see him in the chapel for a couple of months. And, and I'll go in the cell and I say, man, where you been, brother? You on vacation or what? Taking a trip someplace? He says, no. He says, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I don't know, Pastor. I just, uh, I was feeling a little uncomfortable. What do you mean? Well, you got these, all these volunteers that come in. He says, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy. I said, brother, I'm not worthy either. None of us are worthy. I said, man, come on back to the chapel, man. We just want to love on you a little bit more. All right, I'll, I'll see you Sunday. And it's just that they need to know that somebody cares for them. Well, I'm not excusing their crime. I'm not saying, you know, just unlock all the doors and let them all out. No, I'm just saying, you know what? Yeah, they, they have a debt to society that they must pay. It's the consequences of their sin. But you know what? Render unto, unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And render unto, unto God the things that belong to him. Their souls belong to God. I'm going to minister to that part. 
I'm not their attorney. I'm not their, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, mediator in the court. No, I'm here. I'm here to minister the word of God. I'm here to to love these men as Christ loved me. That they're just as worthy of my love as I am worthy of God's love. Oh, it's radical, man. I, I, I can't tell you. The love that God has put in my heart for these men. I've been I've been looking around for a wallet that's big enough to put all their pictures in. I can't find one. Because I'd pull it out and say, Phew, here's my kids. God is so good. God wants to use us. We are his instruments. We, we are the vessels of honor that he wants to use. Burying our talents is the sin of doing nothing. The sin of complacency, apathy. And it's, the churches are, are filled with people like that. And I'm wondering, what are we going to do when we stand before the Lord? And he's going to say, what did you do with all that I gave you? No, I invite you to come. Just one time. It'll change your life. Radically. Radically change your life. Maybe you don't want your life radically changed. That's okay. But if you ever do. If you ever want to see the power of God in a way that you may have never seen it before, I invite you to come in and see what God is doing in that place. But at Kairos is what I want to just take a few minutes to talk about. My time is moving faster than I expected. But Kairos, some of you know about Kairos. This church has been supporting the Kairos ministry. At Donovan for four years, five years, I'm not sure. It's been a while. And Kairos is a ministry that we do at Donovan twice a year. I, we get a chance to invite 36 inmates. Keep in mind that the yard that I work in or volunteer in, there's about 11 to 1,200 men. Most of those guys wouldn't, wouldn't come to church, man, if you put a 45 to their head. It's like, you know what, I don't think so. I don't believe in God. Some of them are Muslim. Some of them are Satanists, Wiccans, Odinists. Some of them are just flat-out pagans. Could care less, man. I, all, I, all I know, man, is shooting dope. All I know is hurting people, intimidation, that that's my God. And so the majority of the yard, that's what you're talking about. And so how do we get those guys into church. I go knocking on the door, right? And I say, hey, brother, I want to invite you to Kairos. Kairos? I said, yeah, Kairos. Is it in the chapel? Yeah. No, I, I, I ain't with that. I say, wait a minute. And I don't know who I'm talking to. I just, you know, go cell to cell, just whatever. And I say, Kairos, if you come to Kairos, you can eat all the home-baked cookies you want for four days. They say, hmm. 
Pastor, sign me up for that one. <laughs> I'm serious. That's exactly what it looks like. Word, every single word. You know what? Yes. I, I want to try that one, that program. That sounds pretty good. And so I, I get 36 of these guys, right? Most of them have never been to church or maybe when they were kids, you know, but since they've been, you know, doing bad, they, they just like, hey, man, God is something out there and I'm, I'm doing my own thing. And so on Thursday of Kairos, they come into the chapel, 36 guys. And the minute they hit that door, we put a, a name tag uh, over their, their neck there and they got their name and, and they're greeted by about 40 volunteers, just like you and I. Just ordinary men. And we are practically yelling, we're shouting, we're clapping, and they're looking at us like, man, what did I get myself into? <laughs> it's like a circus up in here. And they come and we're shaking. You know, we have, we formed two lines, and as soon as they hit that door, man, we're patting them on the back, hey, brother, come on in, man. And, and they're like shaking everybody's hand here, and, and we're, we're leading them over to the table where the big bowl of cookies are, right? And so finally, after shaking, you know, all of our hands and they finally reach the cookies and they have, get somebody's there to serve them punch or coffee or whatever. And uh, they, they just, man, they're hand over fist, man. Eventually, all, all 36 guys show up. And you can tell on the, the look on their face is priceless. They are like wondering what in the world is going on here. Keep in mind, this is a level four facility. Most of these guys have not seen an outside person except for a doctor, a dentist, or a correctional officer. And for them to walk into a place where there's volunteers, it's like, what? what's this? And, and after the shock wears off and, you know, the cookies kind of, the, the sugar must do something to them because they start mellowing out after couple of minutes and and but they're they're like you can tell they're there there's this puzzled look on their face like man you know this is strange you know and and anyway the the program uh, just continues and eventually we we get up and we introduce ourselves and we we each tell them you know who we are uh, what kind of work we do wh where we worship and why we're there and, and uh, first they give us their name where they're from and why they're at kairos Hey, my name is George. I'm from Long Beach, and I'm, I'm here just for the cookies. You know, they'll be right up front with you. They'll say, hey, great, man. Glad you're here. And some will say, well, I'm, I'm here. You know, uh, I'm not sure why I'm here. I, I need a change in my life. So some will say that. And you're in a good place, bro. And then we, we get up and we say my, our name and where we worship, you know, and, and, uh, and then we, ha we have an appointed leader for every Kairos. And he gets up and he welcomes everybody and he says, guys, you know, we, we, want, for, we want to let you know right up front who we are. We, we represent the Christian faith, but we are not here to, to make you or force you to believe like we believe. We're not here to convert you. We are here simply to share some information with you that, that maybe over the course of these four days, you may want to consider some of the things that we're sharing with you.
But if you want to stay just like you are, hey, man, we're here to support that. And you can you can just see and sense that 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 wall comes down because, you know, they've been kind of like waiting for us to hit them upside the head with the Bible, you know, any minute now. Well, that ain't going to happen. But then we just we just keep loving on them, loving on them. And I, I every every volunteer, we go up to them throughout the day, man, and just put an arm around them and say, man, I'm so glad you're here. And they look at us like. Why do you guys do this? They're they're like tripping, you know. And and so day after day, you you begin to see the walls come down. And Thursday when they got here and they were like in shock on on Friday morning when they get there, they're smiling. And they're kind of like, hey, man, I'm ready for a good day today. And you say, right on, man. And then we start sharing what we call general agape. And we have these, these uh, posters and, and things that come from all over the world. From, from England and South Africa. Some from Japan and Spain. And there are announcements that says, hey, uh, Kairos brothers, we just want you to know that, that our community is praying for you, for your Kairos. You've been in our prayers these last few weeks. And they sit there and they're like, Praying for me? Yeah. They've been going to the throne room for you. They're, they're like, they're just like, man, numb. It's like, I'm not used to this kind of love and, and, and affection. I'm used to people beating me down. I'm used to a dad saying, man, you ain't nothing but, but scum and you'll never amount to anything. That's what they're used to. And when people say, no, you have worth, brother. Yeah, you've made mistakes. All of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And, and man, they, you know, after the, the, the second day of this, uh, they're just like, man, they're starting to kind of enjoy it, you know. It's like, man, this is cool, you know. And, and of course, you know, they eat, you know, hundreds of cookies every day. And... Uh, and so Friday evening, I say, we're going to go into the chow hall with you, and, and we're going to have some of that good uh, uh, Donovan food. And I said, I, I heard it's real good. And they say, Pastor, I don't know who told you that. I, I wouldn't believe it. But, but what they don't know is, is that we brought food with us, right? And so here are the 36 inmates. They're, they're, they're sitting down, and we serve them uh, like chicken fajitas and, and rice and beans, tortillas. And they're sitting there, and they're just like... They says, man, pastor, I haven't had this man for this home cooked food for 25 years. Thank you. And I know you guys don't need to come. Thank you. The love of Christ compels us, doesn't it? It says, go out and, and take this love out. To the unlovable. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to just sit in our little churches. And, and, and just kind of go through this routine. Week after week. No. There, there's a, a, a lost world. That, that needs to, to be loved. And challenged with the gospel. And that's our responsibility. On Saturday. 
they show up again, right? We're, we're there at, uh, we get to the prison around 6, 6.30 in the morning, all four days. And we're there till 6, 6.30 at night. 8 o'clock Saturday morning, they, they come uh, shuffling in the chapel. <clears throat> and, and we're looking at them. And we're wondering, man, these, these don't look like the same guys that came here Thursday. You, you see the smiles. You see, you see a difference. The love of Christ changing and and breaking down the the, the strongholds, the anger and and the resentment. It's unbelievable. Saturday about 1 o'clock, I like to say we drop the atomic bomb in that chapel, man. Because we give them... See, they've been receiving all this general agape from places literally all over the world. We, we post it on the walls for them to read during their breaks. And they're going and they're reading this stuff literally from all over America, all over other countries that are sending their prayer vigils in, in all of the things that they're doing for these men. But on Saturday... Uh, Everybody leaves the chapel except the 36 candidates. And we, we lay on, on each one of these brothers a white paper bag with their name beautifully colored by usually kindergarten kids. Or, and, 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 you know, they put their name in rainbows and crosses and Jesus loves you. And in this bag are about 120 handwritten letters for that each individual. Man, I'm telling you something. This is my 21st Kairos next week. And every time this part of the program comes on, I'm I'm sitting on the side, sweeping. Because these men, some of them who, who never got a single piece of mail from anyone, all of a sudden have 120 handwritten letters personally written to them. They start pulling them out and they're like, all you hear is the sobs. The Holy Spirit, man, he's doing his work. He's using letters from people who live in Valley Center. To break down walls that have been built for decades. It's unbelievable. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just gone, man. The grace of God. Shown to a sinner just like me. Oh, I, I may not have blue on, but I'm a sinner. Nonetheless. And I sit there and I watch these men just break down and, and weep. And some of these letters, man, they're, they're simple letters. You don't, we're not talking about, you know, uh, pages and pages. It's something uh, very simple. This one little nine-year-old kid, I think it was, he, Gambino was his name. He says, dear, uh, and he put his name. He says, you know, uh, I, I just want you to know that, that Jesus loves you. And if you would stop doing bad things, you wouldn't be in jail. 
And then he says, I hope you like cookies. He says, I'm a cookie freak myself. I like chocolate chip cookies. Something that innocent tears them up. Because many of these guys have kids that they've not seen for years and years and years. It's the most unbelievable experience in my whole life. I have to tell you that. You can't pay enough money to to get that kind of Holy Ghost stuff. It's like, Lord, I... It's just, it's just, it's, uh, there's not words to express it. Uh, That's my frustration. What I'm telling you now is not even a fraction of what you feel in that chapel as the Holy Spirit is going from man to man, just breaking down the walls by simple letters, by people like you and I who, who can sacrifice some time to say, oh, I I can do that. My, My schedule isn't that busy. In fact, I can start right now, and by October, which is our next Kairos, I'll have 36 letters already. It's, it's unreal. And so the program continues. And after this personal agape celebration or ceremony, the whole chapel is, is the whole atmosphere has suddenly changed. After they get the letters, as if that weren't enough, they now go back into the chapel, and the, and 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 they sit a, a ten-piece pound of lasagna right on their plate, home-baked lasagna. Peggy used to to bake a bunch of them, and they look at that and they say, "What?" With some garlic bread and. It's like, oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Oh, God is just tenderizing their heart. Yeah, we've shared uh, little pieces of the gospel. We've shared stories with them. They've heard a lot of information uh, by now at at this point, but but never preaching at them, never, never looking at them in a condescending way. We, we've, we've talked about God's love, and guess what? They've seen it in action. They've seen it. They've experienced his love from people they don't even know, total strangers. You see, this is how God works. He says, you know what? Just go. Just show up. Oh, well, God, you know, I, 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 I don't know the Bible that well, and, and, you know, I've only been a Christian. Just show up up they don't want to show up it's all it takes man show up say yes lord what's my assignment go down to donovan just one time one time Even if if prison ministry is your thing, whatever other ministry you're involved in, that's going to fire you up, man. It's going to ignite in your heart a a level of compassion 
That's all I'm saying. Just come one time and just see what the living God is doing behind those barbed wire fences. I challenge you. Every Sunday we have a team of anywhere from a half a dozen to to 18 people from the outside that come. Some of those consider that church in the prison their home church. Man, we have church, man. I I know you all have church. I'm not saying that. It's just different. It's just different. God is moving. He's moving everywhere. And I just want to invite you to come. There's so much more I can share. Uh, Just story, just literally miracles. And I'm going to just share one quick one. Uh, There was a guy a couple of years ago, well, about a year ago. And Peggy was outside talking to him. And I had never seen him before, but I knew the guy that he was with. He was a Muslim. And and so the guy, uh, he's calling me over and Peggy's talking to him. And I say, hey, what's going on? And I knew the guy. And he says, I want to introduce you to my friend, uh, Sean. And so, Sean, hey, how you doing, Sean? And Sean, a a former Muslim for for many years. He was sharing with Peggy and I. He says, man, he says, Jesus, heal me. And I said, Really? He says, yeah, he says, you know, I uh, several years, three years ago, I developed uh, testicular cancer. And I went through the chemo and the the therapy for a year or more. And uh, I went from over 200 pounds down to 140. He says uh, the doctors finally did uh, uh, another kind of test on Thursday. On Friday, they told me that they needed to do surgery immediately. On Sunday, I got a visit. Okay, so Thursday, he, he gets this report uh, from some tests. They, they expedite it. Friday, he gets the news that, that he needs emergency surgery on Monday. Well, in between that Sunday, he, he gets a visit. He doesn't get visit. He doesn't have anybody here. And he's saying, visit? He said, I don't get visits. I don't have anybody that visits me. Well, his celly, his cellmate, took it upon himself to forge a document. Okay, because if you want, if you're a, a prisoner and you want somebody to visit you, you have to fill out a, a document that says, I authorize this person to come visit me. Well, his celly forged the document so that his celly's mother, who lives in Egypt, can come and pray for his healing. And so here his mother's in Egypt, the Selly's mother, and she is getting prayed over. They have some oil and the whole congregation of Coptic Christians are praying over the anointing oil. And they send this Selly's mother to San Diego. So he gets this. Uh, who's this? Well, I don't know, man. You got to just get over there. 
And so, you know, he puts on his blues and he heads over to visiting. And, and somehow they connected and, and they're sitting there and they're, you know, small conversation. And, well, who are you? You know, and, well, I'm, I'm so-and-so's mom. And, and uh, you know, he's been praying for you. And, and of course, Aseli had been trying to share Christ with him. But as a Muslim, he didn't want nothing to do with it. And so finally, uh, she, she just flat out tells him, would you like to be healed? And he says, yeah, I think Allah can heal me. No, I mean, do you want to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ? And he was startled by her boldness. And he says, madam, he says, I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm a Muslim and Jesus Christ, is he ain't God, he's a prophet. And she says, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you rather die of cancer than let the Lord Jesus Christ heal you? Is that what you're telling me? And he like, she says, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And then he says, okay. Yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ can heal me. And she took out that anointing oil, anointed his head and prayed for him. He went back to his cell. The following morning, about 2.30 in the morning, he was awakened with a burning sensation throughout his whole body. He woke up his cell. He said, man, I don't know what your mama did to me, man, but man, something's going on here. The brother says, man, you're, you're receiving your healing. Amen. He went back on Monday to the doctor who told them on Thursday or Friday that you need the doctor says, you know what, I, I, have, I, I can't explain it. He says, I'm a man of, of, of science. I ain't a man of faith. But man, I ain't seen nothing like this before. The brother got healed of his cancer. Sean, y'all know who I'm talking about. This brother is so lit up for Jesus. He, 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 is, he is all over the yard. And, and he's giving the Muslims a run for their money. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth because they know this brother and they know he should have been dead by now. Boy, he is healthy as a horse, man. He says, Pastor, I just saw him yesterday. He said, man, I, I've never been healthier. He says, I praise Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God for what he's doing in my life. I said, Lord, man, God, that, that's just one. I can share dozens of stories like that. That God is doing on the inside. And so like I say. I wanted to, to bring a busload of guys here. And I couldn't do that. But I did. Manage to bring some pictures of some of them. Some of them are in street clothes on the photos. It's because they're now out. The ones that are dressed in blues. Obviously they're still. They're still inside. But, but I want you to just. Uh, look at that. He's coming up after. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and just uh, check that out, and then uh, we'll go from there. See, when you go inside and you meet guys like Oscar, and you see what God is doing, it's like, you know, everything else, man, just pales by comparison. You know, here I, I was a chiropractor for almost 30 years. I, I wouldn't even consider going back to doing that. 
you couldn't pay me enough money to do that. To go in, into, into a place and, and to impact a soul for the kingdom. Oh, there's no value in that. It's eternal. My brother Oscar, I've known him for a while and I've just seen God just work in his life. It's so powerful. I just want to close by saying I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Please keep us in prayer. You know, I do this. uh, I don't get paid to do this. I'm a full-time volunteer. So pray that God would raise up people to support what we're doing on a monthly basis. That's the only way we can do it. By people, you know, hey, I'm going to I'm going to support you. I'm going to raise up some funds for you. Uh, God's our provider. uh, But he uses people to do it. And so uh, I I want to thank you so much for letting us come and and share what the Lord is doing on the inside. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back maybe in a couple of years and give you an update. uh, Bring a couple of more guys with us. And uh, just grateful. So if I can just close in prayer, unless, uh, Rick, you want to? Okay. Father, uh, just thank you, Lord. Just my heart is just filled with thanksgiving. I'm so grateful, Lord, that that you can use uh, people, ordinary people like us, to accomplish things in this world that astound the unbeliever. Lord, uh, help us to to grab a hold of everything that you have for us. Lord, I pray that the enemy would not rob us of the treasures, Lord, the things that you have for us that, that we dismiss as, well, that, that's not my thing. That's not my ministry. No, Lord, whatever, whatever uh, we need to do to, to, to build your kingdom, Lord, that, that, is, that is what we need to do. And I, I want to pray for Pastor Gunner and his family and, and those that are uh, traveling back here uh, soon, that you would just continue to, to give them a, a phenomenal time there, Lord. Bless their, their journey back home. Bless, bless our brothers and sisters here. I thank you, Lord, for their labor of love, the cookies, Lord, that we'll be taking with us today. And, and, Lord, that they would pray for us for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as, as we engage uh, in these men. Lord, I pray that you would raise up labors, that the field is white, the harvest is, is overflowing, but the labors are few. Oh, Father, that you would raise up men who would come in and and just that their lives would be transformed by this experience. Lord, thank you so much for our time together. May you totally receive all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.